guys. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to our previous episode, Church Attendance Part 1 Origin Stories, I'd recommend going back and listening to that one first. It tells a lot about how we got to where we are today, which is where we will begin this episode. couple years in the last couple years uh we've been a little mia yeah i think for for probably different reasons so like i said before i get like a little panic attack every time i go into church it may it like raises my blood pressure every time and that doesn't matter how oh i feel that how much i i I, yeah i just i sit in the parking lot and i do the little (laughs) fake it till you make it speech (laughs) fake it till you make it and then i go in and i fake it Mm -hmm. and by the end i'm usually fine but because my church, like, it was so much guilt. My church previously was so much guilt, so much guilt, so much guilt. And then our pastor at this church that we had been going to, it, he would always preface his sermons with, this is going to be really hard to hear, this is me challenging for people, and I'd be like, and my entire <laughs> body would tense up, and I'd be like, oh no, this is it, this is going to be the thing, this is going to be the sermon. And then he would drop the bomb, right? Would, yeah, he dropped the bomb, which was like, I don't even know. It was it felt, something it very felt encur- benign. Yes, very but encouraging. But like benign. Like like people, You're like, some, oh, people I knew some, that. some people really struggle with, you know, managing their finances. And this is one area that we need to be good stewards in. And I know this is hard to hear, but here are some really practical ways that you can do that. And if you need assistance, <laughs> you can call us and we can set up a meeting with you. And I'm like, that's not guilt. And so you're panicked. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were anticipating guilt. Of guilt. And then he'd be really encouraging every single time. I never had him ever say one thing that I was like, oh, I am a horrible person and I there's no out for me. And that's what I felt like almost every sermon of my childhood. And so we have this great church Mm -hmm. that we found that we all enjoy Mm -hmm. and we all think has really great qualities. We're very involved. And then suddenly we're not. Yeah. And And we're not attending. And so I think we have totally different reasons for that. We do. I, my reason had to do with the whole bathroom bill in South Carolina came to be an issue with uh, transgender people using bathrooms and they said only what's on your birth certificate and I had a (laughs) huge make sure I carry my birth certificate yeah with you in your purse so you can prove that you're using the correct bathroom because you know that's gonna be an issue so then the Wesleyan church not our church but the Wesleyan denomination came out with a statement saying that they believe that people should only be the gender that they were you know assigned to at birth and that they support basically the bathroom bill and that and then they came out with which is their right to do it is but I was like mm, yeah I don't believe this so that that's that for me personally I'm like that's a little skewy um that's not something I believe that's not something I stand up for so I just I disagree with that and I have a real hard time with the church marginalizing people more because I feel like the church should be more welcoming that's why you get all the very unique people in there <laughs> I also I also have a problem with that I had a problem with the fact that I really don't like my politics and my religion mixing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my religion should be for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. I was like, that's an issue. Our personal church wasn't saying that um, necessarily. But they have to 
followed the denomination's ruling. And then right around the same time, there was a stirring within the evangelical community, not just with the Wesleyan. There was a very big push of religious evangelical leaders to support Trump. Again, I agree with Denise that politics and religion don't mix well because I think that politics always is about power and religion should be about the least of these, the marginalized, and so they're they're diametrically opposed to each other. And so then when people like Dobson and uh, Franklin Graham started getting on the Trump bandwagon and like really pushing a Republican person, I personally was like, that's that is not what I'm about. Um, as an evangelical, this is not what I about. I have a hard time with any kind of politics and religion mixing. I have a problem with them putting up who we should vote for. That's like endorsing endorsing them. Yes, mm-hmm. I I think that is wrong. Doesn't matter who it is. I think that is wrong. And specifically because he, to me, he didn't have any qualifications. That why would we be endorsing this person? For there me was- personally. I think it's interesting that this is some a reason that you have right now, but I'm going to speak for my husband, and I agree with him. Mm-hmm. This was one of the reasons Patrick had in the first time we dropped mm-hmm. off from church, when we started doing the house mm-hmm. church, one of the reasons was, I'm going to quote him coming mm-hmm. out of church one day, we get into the car, and he looked at me and he said, well, that was a waste of time. If I wanted to know who to vote for or that I needed to vote, I could have stayed home and watched MTV. And I could have watched the news. Yeah. And this is my husband who probably politically agreed agreed with some of the Mm -hmm. things that they were saying, Mm -hmm. but was so angry that they brought it into his worship time. Mm -hmm. Because what you're there for is to learn about God. Right. And how to live your life with him in it. Right. So, So I saw that coming and I was pretty horrified. And then I felt like also... But this was, I mean, I'm talking, this was this, years this was, before This Trump. was like, this would be to about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, and so, then you're having the same, same thing. Same thing, I was having the same thing. And I, you know, I felt like everything... And I you had, weren't feeling it in the church you were going to. No, not necessarily. Well, until later. But <laughs> I wasn't feeling it until, like, that much. But as a whole, the evangelical church, I felt like, oh, we've gotten, like, evangelical is starting to become... A, Equivocated to political party, and I mean that's something yes. that happened. Well, and, and it's not even it's Christian. When I mm-hmm. I have a great friend who, when I first talked to her about being a Christian, she <laughs> then started talking about things, and everything she was referring to was Republican, right? Which you could be a Christian I, and you a Republican, could be a Republican for, for and sure, a Christian, obviously, totally. And you, fine. but but it's not the same thing. But yes, she was equipped. <laughs> She was taking my faith mm-hmm. and Make- my my statement that I'm a follower of Christ mm-hmm. and making assumptions about the way I vote because mm-hmm. of it. Right. Which was which in some instances I feel like makes some sense, but in other instances it Didn't doesn't make any sense. And I am extremely pro life, mm-hmm. but I am also extremely anti death penalty. Right. And so I feel like death penalty and pro life are, are on different, different sides. sides. Mm-hmm. And so I don't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. I don't fit that. And I and I tried I to explain like to her. Sh- I said, I tried to explain to her. I was just like, look, you know, when I define myself as that, you're getting politics meshed in mm-hmm. with religion. And it really is. It's meshed. meshed in so crazy into the evangelical now. Uh-huh. To the point where I don't want to identify right. 
as an evangelical, and this is me personally mm-hmm. speaking, Jessica and I are not making any sweeping statements no. that are including anyone no. else. But, yeah, and so for me, I exactly the same, like, I was like, this is a political thing now. It's a political party. It's got nothing. I should, my political beliefs basically come from who I am as a Christian, not the other way around. So they're all over the place. They don't follow a party line at all. So when you tell me to vote a party line from my religion, it, like I'm like, oh, no, that's not where this is supposed to go. My belief in Jesus is supposed to tell me how I'm supposed to act, but it's not going to inform who I'm going to vote for by party line. So I started looking at this, and then when finally Trump won, and it came out that 80% of white evangelicals voted for him, and basically that's kind of the reason he got in, I was like... I think that there's a possibility I thought I was joining the PTA and instead I joined the Butcher Association of America. I'm like, <laughs> this is not, like, it, it, they're both fine groups. They both have valid points. But I'm in the wrong, I thought we were talking about what books that the students need to be in and instead we're par- <laughs> talking about pork chops. I'm super confused. I feel like I'm in the wrong group. So I'm going to just, like, now leave. Bye. I'm like, wait, this is not who I am. This is not who I'm about. I don't agree with any of these things. Like, I could just go down the list and be like, nope, 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 nope. Well, I'm obviously, I'm in the wrong group. And that's how I feel. Like, I'm just like, I'm I'm obviously in the wrong place. And then the final straw to the, like, I'm not going back to uh, church right now is that I came to the point where... I believe that you, and this is, again, very much my personal belief, not anybody else's, even in this home or podcast. (laughs) This is just me. This is just Jessica. (laughs) I believe that people who are LGBTQ are that way, and they are born that way, and basically don't choose to be this way, and that they should then, therefore, be able to serve the church and be in the church and be affirmed by the church on equal footing as anyone else. And so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, I also believe that about people of different races. And if I went to a church and I found out that they welcomed black people, but they didn't allow them to be the pastor or they didn't allow them to get married in the church, I would not go to that church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that was kind of the final line. I'm not going to a church that's not affirming. And there's a difference between welcoming and affirming. Welcoming means that you can go to a church as a gay person and you're not going to be stared at and, like, told to leave and, like, people are going to be horrified that you're there. Which, I mean, like, that is just, like, the very bottom, <laughs> like, um, but affirming means that you have full participation in that church, and that is my line. And since there is not a lot of churches, I think that there may be one or two here that have that, we're, we're still researching. Well, I think, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I was just about to bring that up. I was going to say, how do you find something like that in rural Alaska? <laughs> very conservative mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. very conservative area. Right. How would you find a congregation that fits the qualification of Bible teaching and... Affirming? Affirming. And so that has become quite the mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. I agree. I see you chal- <laughs> challenged with that. Yeah. I am definitely leaning more towards what you think. Mm. So That's actually kind of surprising because I didn't I knew that we were lo- both looking at different ideas, but I'm interested in a church that, you know, lets 
lets welcomes everybody mm-hmm. and lets everyone participate. Mm-hmm. And then I struggle with knowing what's right because I am a big you live your life, I live my life, everything's great, but it's really hard to step outside and be different in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And just having other people know that. Right. So this podcast is hard for me. Right. And that's why it took you months <laughs> to talk me into See, it. See, I've always been like on oddball since the beginning because I was a feminist who believed in creationism. And so like those two things don't And really... you're also pro-life. Oh, uh, yeah. Which feminists have Fe- a hard feminists, time with. I mean like... The general. Yeah. Generalizing. There are a lot of us out there. Right. But so like there is a, there's a huge, <laughs> huge range of like, I'm like, I'm never going to find somebody who believes like I do. So it's like, it's fine. And I'm pretty outspoken because that's just my jam. <laughs> well, my thing is, is that I have a lot of People are in charge of their own relationship with Christ. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm not here to tell someone that their relationship is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people disagree with me about that and right. feel that Christians should be telling, telling people mm-hmm. what they're doing wrong, how to follow the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that brings us back to what church is about. Mm-hmm. And and so I think they feel like those two things would really converge and not be able to work together. But as we can see in some of the churches across the United States, mm-hmm. they're actually being quite successful yeah. in, in bringing those together, they but s- not um, available in the, yeah. our area. So we don't go to church. What are we? And they said the same thing actually about things like the Nazarene church. They said, well, they can, can't possibly be biblically conservative and allow women pastors. Yes. But they are. They are biblically and conservative, conservative and they, and they do, do allow women, women pastors. pastors. So they were all like, it's a slippery slope. And a lot of people believe that that mm-hmm. is like, you're going to go to hell if mm-hmm. you're a woman. Past, mm-hmm. Like, if you have a woman teach over you, this is really, really, really not good. Mm-hmm. So I want people to just kind of look at what they believe and mm-hmm. then look at what other people believe because no matter what you believe, someone's going to think it's wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, say. I want to. I want to also say is we got kind of heavy there. Yeah. And Jessica touched on a part that we we <laughs> that was one of our three topics we we're not going to talk about. I did. Yes. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we actually mentioned two of the three topics that we weren't going to talk about. <laughs> we we did not no, mention one. We didn't mention it yet. <laughs> So my last Sunday, you guys want to hear this controversy? <laughs> my last Sunday that I attended church. Oh, we're gonna th- we're gonna do three out of three. We're doing three, three out, out of three, three man. <laughs> three out of three. Might as well. I mean, people are either gonna love us or hate us or just let us be, and you guys can listen and enjoy and have your own opinions. Mm-hmm. Make your own choices. So I got into the service and I sat down and I was enjoying myself. And my eyes went, um, this was right after the shooting at the Texas church. Mm -hmm. It was probably two weeks afterwards, which is devastating. Mm -hmm. Like, blows my mind. I don't even want to think about that. Um, And I sit down in church and I look and there is a gentleman uh, sitting in the second to front row in front of everyone. And he has a handgun, not holstered. Where you might think he had a handgun holstered in the middle of this, like the small of his back. Mm -hmm. And he was standing up front and um, did not have a jacket on. And I was horrified. (laughs) Like, I couldn't stop looking at him. First of all, I'm going to preface this with the fact that I am a gun owner. Mm -hmm. 
I think I actually am a member of the NRA from my father buying me a membership when I was um, 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. Possibly a lifetime member. I'm not sure. I don't pay the dues. <laughs> it's not your thing. <laughs> I don't I don't get the magazines or anything anymore, so, so I might not be. He might have just bought it for me when I first learned yeah. gun safety. Right. And it's I, Alaska, so something like 98% of people in Alaska are gun owners. So I am a gun owner. I have mm -hmm. multiple guns. Mm -hmm. I have my own handgun, which is a 22. I really enjoy target shooting. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really good way for me to decompress. Mm -hmm. When I go out, it de-stresses me. It's, it's the opposite for me. That stresses <laughs> me out. I, mean, I am the one non-gun like non owner in this home. I don't like loud noises. I don't like balloons popping. That's that's just... But See, I, I don't I do, like balloons popping I either. I do like it if we're on a hike in the middle of the woods to have the bear gun. Yes. So we own... I own my handgun. We own a bear gun. And we own a rifle. Both the bear gun and the rifle are very sentimental. They were given to us by family members. I am a gun owner. So you're I've not been around guns, guns my entire life. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not anti-gun. But I could not stop staring at this person. Mm -hmm. First of all, I am, I feel, a very educated, informed gun owner. Mm -hmm. And I know that to holster your to holster your gun in the, on the small of your back mm -hmm. is not the safest place to holster no. your gun. I also know that you're sitting in the front of the church, mm -hmm. um, which means that someone is sitting behind you, which means that it's not safe because someone could grab it mm -hmm. and whatever. Right, yeah. Um, and there's children in this church. I mean, you don't know who's going to say, oh, pretty. Yeah, exactly. Grab the gun. Yeah. So I felt like it was, it was a, a political, political statement. statement. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was two weeks after this shooting. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a political statement. But you know what it did to me is I thought, I don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. what he could do. And you know, there was probably 10 other people or more in that church that Conceal had guns carry, on them yeah. because Alaska is a conceal and carry state. Mm -hmm. And I've never had an issue with that because I feel like you're concealing and you're carrying and it's not a statement. I felt like if there was a person who attended church mm -hmm. and decided to make that political statement in the middle in the front of the church, mm -hmm. and he was that far outgoing with that statement mm -hmm. that he was taking his jacket off he was holstering it inappropriately mm -hmm. to show everyone behind him what he had I don't trust that person right. mm -hmm. and so the fact that there was a person who had a gun holstered wrong mm -hmm. in church I didn't trust him right and it's scary mm -hmm. and I don't want to be scared right. in church yeah and I don't want to be I don't want to look up front and have a political statement thrown in my mm -hmm. face and so that was my last Sunday yeah yeah. And it had nothing to do with the sermon, which, by the way, I can remember almost every sermon. I couldn't tell you what that one was about. Right. I couldn't think about it. We got into the car, and I wasn't the only one who noticed it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't the only one who was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that was, you know, we hit on three. Yeah. we Three of three, <laughs> three there, of three. Jessica. <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of this one. <laughs> but that was my, la that was my last day. Sweet, yeah. I really dislike politics mm -hmm. in church. Mm -hmm. it, it was interesting to me that there is not a ton of scripture about church, especially because basically what they were doing in the early church was doing what we were doing in the middle, just meeting together, a group of Christians meeting together, having a meal. What we were doing with house church. Yeah, what we were doing with house church, reading some scripture and singing some songs. I mean, that was basically it and so like hebrews is always the one that's brought up every time it's number about, one number one hebrews why, 10. why you need to go to church is hebrews 10 
24 and 35 are 24, 24 and 25, 25 are the ones that are <laughs> that's the one that gets the brought clobber up the most. versus it seems like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching and so that was always like guilt 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 people are giving up meeting together and that was going to church it's really like there's not much else specific even in okay i'm gonna bring up i'm gonna bring up a few other ones okay. for you. um what about matthew 18 18 20 Oh, the most taken out of context scripture ever. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. We need to do a podcast on the most because I don't think this is number one it, on the it, most. But I definitely think it is taken out of context a lot of the time. Super okay. So it says, "So for wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them." So can you tell me how it's taken out of context, or should I? No, I mean you tell me because okay. I mean. So Matthew eighteen is about they, Matthew eighteen is about how to confront a, uh, another member who is in sin in a congregation. Yes, and, which is what we talked about earlier. And you go to one person, you go to the person face-to-face, and this is not to be used with criminal situations such as sex abuse, by the way. But if somebody's sinning, and it's just a sin, not a crime, <laughs> you go to them one-on-one, and you say to them, okay, this is what I've noticed in your life. And if they say, screw you, I'm going to keep on doing it, then you take two people and go to them and um if they still don't repent then you can bring them to the church elders and then it can, they can be eventually thrown out of the church and you only treat treat them as a non-believer basically which is not to say shun them it just means that you treat them like you're not uh, a fellow member of the church so that's not necessarily a negative thing i think no. that that has connotations and basically then you treat them as you're not a believer you're not a believer so, so you're not, you don't you're not accountable to all of these right. rules mm-hmm. anymore but you're but yeah but you're and you're, you probably wouldn't like allow them to vote for your church membership you know like that kind of thing but it's not like shunning them which i always was kind of taught it was like shunning them but you don't shun non-believers, so I don't really understand them. But um, so, but it's taken out of context because it sounds like you can't pray to God by yourself. By yourself, first of all, or but that it, it, it does better with the more people. The more people that are together, then God will listen to you more, which isn't at all biblical. So, but it uh, says it right there, right? <laughs> so, but this is what talking about I'm going teasing. going to somebody and like talking to them about their sin so that's what the context is so it's not about church really at all or going to church (laughs) and what about colossians let the message of christ (laughs) well among you you're so smart how can you come up with these like it's weird because we googled the same thing Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I think we did that the other night. We did a beer and hymns. Yeah, we did. I mean, like, I think that for me, yeah, singing with my friends means a lot more to me than singing with a entire church. I don't know why, but it... So, yeah, it's just, that's just about singing and, and admonishing each other. And I feel like that's definitely able to be done in small groups with your Christian friend group it doesn't have to be done necessarily in a huge church but I think that having other people in your lives who can speak into your lives when you and encourage you or tell you when you may be doing something wrong I think that is super important and I think that is 
more important with a smaller group um, and more able to do because your pastor's not going to necessarily what's going know what's going on in so your day to day life. About, we're talking about speaking into your life, you mm-hmm. know, when someone does something wrong, having this available to you, mm-hmm. having that be part of your community, right? And having that comes with going to church. But it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. But that is, I think a lot of people think that yeah. way. You need that um, that admonishment. Mm-hmm. But I think we've talked about it in the past. Living your life with the two commandments that Jesus says for us is love God and love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. So if someone is not doing something, or if they're doing something, you know, like they're going to drink a beer and they're not they're not drinking it around an alcoholic, waving it in their face, mm-hmm. being mean to that person. If they're just sitting drinking a beer, someone admonishing me for that, mm-hmm. I don't really feel like that falls into place. I feel like that's when the admonishment comes in. I don't know. What do you think? So basically, you need friends that know know you, <laughs> your people around you, mm-hmm. whether it be your church family, mm-hmm. which is what, which is Christianese, mm-hmm. you know, I'm speaking Christianese here, but whether it be the people you attend church with mm-hmm. or whether it be your friend group. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have a um, really, I think we have a really tight, I mean, on a tight friends group, honestly, we have somebody here probably two to three days a week from our friend group, including relatives. There are a lot of relatives. At least two to three days a week we have somebody. And those people know what our struggles are, I feel like. And Mm -hmm. we know what their struggles are, and we can encourage them and uplift them much more so than, like, I don't know that a pastor of a a church that's, you know, 600 people could know. I mean, they're obviously not going to know all that. And so that's why churches often do small groups, but... For um, connection. For connection. Yes. Because you, you do need that. And I think that's that's what they're talking about here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so that also doesn't necessarily fall under the you have to be in the church, church every time building, the church yeah. building mm-hmm. doors are open. Yeah. Um, you I, don't have to wake your children up from camping mm-hmm. to find a church. <laughs> a weird church. <laughs> I'm definitely not anti-church. I'm very pro-church and I miss church I also you know I also understand that I have a panic attack every time I'm working but I miss it I miss gathering together I miss hearing another perspective although I listen to a lot of and I read a lot of different perspectives on Christianity weekly um, and then I have my friend group who does speak into my life there um, the majority of them are Christians and I do have that time where we do get together and sing I wish that one was more often though <laughs> we got some good voices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our group one of the things that I thought was funny was uh, when I googled <laughs> verses about going to church, James one twenty two came up, and it is, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. <laughs> and I thought it's interesting that they would choose that verse as a go-to-church verse. As a go-to-church verse. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I feel like it's interesting that they're doing, because I feel like in, well, and there's a lot of feelings in our mm. podcast because a lot of it is just our personal mm. opinion. But when you're talking about the church body as a whole, I think people are putting this into 20th century mm-hmm. understanding. I mean, they talk about the church in the Bible, and it's talking about people. People, yeah. It's talking about other people who believed in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and that's pretty much all that they're talking they're about. They're not there. talking mm-hmm. about a building. Mm-hmm. 
And yes, we do have, I've heard sermons on this since I was little. The church is not the building. Mm -hmm. The church is not the building. The church is not the building. Well, then why do I have to be here Mm -hmm. three to four times a week? Mm -hmm. Like to the point of feeling bad Mm -hmm. or having someone confront me Mm -hmm. if I'm not there. Right. So, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. No, I, I love church too. I love the fellowship. I love getting to, (laughs) Fellowship. I love it. <laughs> fellowship means uh no I'm not talking we're not even people. gonna get into that <laughs> I'm gonna say I like meeting new people mm-hmm. I I really like having a lot of people in my life mm-hmm. so I like I like that aspect of it yeah Christianese <laughs> fall into it so easily okay so have we judged the heck out of that oh my goodness mm-hmm. I think we're all over the place but yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> and we may have to cut this one in too. Yeah, maybe a two two podcaster problem. So our ethical product this week is the square bar, um, and square bars you can get them in some grocery stores. I've seen them actually in our our little local gas station who does really unique organic food. Yes, um, <laughs> you guys go to the gas station. It's super cool. <laughs> but square bars are organic protein bars. Um, they're gluten free. They are non-GMO, and they donate a quarterly contribution to fight human trafficking. So every time you buy a granola bar, you know, just on your way because, you know, you need some quick snack. From the gas station? From the gas station, exactly. Um, They're actually very good for you as well, so it's not the normal gas station fare. But they donate to fight human trafficking, sex trafficking in the world, and so... It's a super easy way to give some extra cash to that fight. So Square Organics, and I've had one. The mint chocolate was amazing. It was super oh, good. Oh, I love mint. Yeah, it and was I love super chocolate. good. Yeah. Was it like a thin mint? It was. It tasted a lot like a thin mint, which are like my favorite Girl Scout oh, cookies. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so good. So anyway, well, thank you for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have a lot of questions. But no answers. And, and we're, we're judging you anyway. anyway. Technical support and photography by Tip Kingsley. Consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstra. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries at outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And become a patron. Look us up on Patreon slash Ethical Quandaries.